Victory Podcast. A week after the Tennessee Titans give up 38 and a half to the Cleveland Browns, they go down to Jacksonville and put it on the Jaguars. Uh, little brother is defeated once again. Welcome into the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. Uh, glad you are listening and joining us. I'm with my two favorite co-hosts, Mr. Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Austin? What's up, Chris? How's it going? Happy to be nine and four. Happy to be nine and four for sure. And I, we took a week off. We were busy last week, so we're back. Um, but before we hop into it, stop what you're doing. Stop the podcast. Pause it. And go subscribe. Um, give us a little five-star rating. We'd appreciate it. Um, but also make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Second and Victory. Um, that's where you always find us every single day of the week. And on game days, tweeting Titans news and, um, you know, jokes and memes and analysis. And there's a lot of other fun stuff we like to do on Twitter. So, at Second and Victory. Um, but, guys, I mean, I, I, I tweeted from, I think, my personal account. I think that the, the beauty of last week's game against the Browns was one thing that because this is such a damn well coached team, Mike Vrabel is going to come back even better the week after. And that's exactly what happened Sunday in Jacksonville. I mean, the Titans looked literally night and day from the week before. So uh, from the get-go, smashed the Jags in the mouth. Uh, first drive was beautiful. A flea flicker? A flea flicker? <laughs> yeah, not something you see in Tennessee very often. No, Tennessee – or uh, Tennessee. Tannehill to – uh, Derek back to Tannehill and AJ makes a sick one-handed catch. So that was that was very fun to start the game off with. And I'll be honest, I, I thought, you know, I know it's at halftime it was seventeen to three, but God, eight, Titans could have had thirty at halftime. Yeah, 100%. opportunities. But um, Brett, from your your initial reaction, that first half, what stood out to you the most? I think what stood out to me the most was honestly the first drive yeah. because we've talked we've talked a lot before that it's. You can tell within normally the first five to seven minutes of the game what game, what kind of game you're going to get from the Titans. And when, when the Titans got the ball to start the game and went right down the field and pounded it, like you said, and then opened it up with the flea flicker, that's when you kind of get the vibe that, okay, the offense is already clicking, then you can see a little bit more. Like, like in the Cleveland game and in the Pittsburgh game, you could see that it took a long time for both sides of the ball to really get going. So I think the first drive is what really opened up the rest of the first half to get to those 17 points. And it really shows you what you're going to expect from a team like Tannehill and, and the rest of the team on that day. Yeah, you know, to kind of piggyback off that, I think the first thing I saw was was aggression. Uh, that, that flea flicker is an aggressive play, uh, especially because of, of all the ball movement that happens in the backfield and then a bomb, a uh, beautiful pass uh, down the field to, to Tannehill. I mean, for, to A.J., uh, I think that's catch of the year uh, from everything I've seen this year in the NFL. Uh, it was spectacular catch, great throw, uh, just very well designed across the board. Um, but yeah, you know, right right off the bat with that drive, we we saw an aggressive uh, approach to the game, uh, and, and the Titans didn't really let their their foot off the gas until you know later in the third quarter when it was you know the, the game was sealed at that point. Some of it, too, could have been, like, honestly, because it's Jacksonville, because they haven't won a game since week one, toying with them. Because, honestly, when else do you see a team fake a punt on their own 30-yard line and bring out a flea flicker on the first drive of the game? And, I, it, honestly, it could be the fact that the Titans knew that they could do that against a team like Jacksonville, a team that they're so comfortable against. It's awesome, like you said, pretty yeah. much little brother down in Jacksonville. 
I mean, and, and, and they've been little brother their entire history. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, Jeff, Jeff Fisher said that was our, our second home. Um, oh, I mean, the, the Jags, the Jags went 14 and two uh, the year of the Music City Miracle. And the year that, it, or yeah, and they, the only two losses were to the Titans, and then they lost to the Titans again in the playoffs. Yeah, so three, loss, three losses that year all to the Titans. Uh, I thought a couple of things going into it. It made no sense for the Jags to even try. Like, why at this point, why do you want to win the game? It's only going to mess up your draft stock. Right now you have the number two pick, most likely Justin Fields. Um, so I'm sure that's who we'll see for the next couple of years in Jacksonville. Awesome. You know, we're all so excited about that. You know, they, they Jags are bad for a couple of seasons and are good for a couple of seasons and they get bad for a couple of seasons because the quarterback play. Now they have a chance to, you know, get a stud. So, um, it happens. That's the that's the uh, the waves. The Sean Watson effect. You know, I, Sean, it, and then the rumors I've called. That's this. actually that's what I was going to bring up. Like, we felt the same way about the Texans getting Deshaun Watson. Yeah, uh, but they've won the division the last couple of years. Like, they have. Like, yeah, but like at at some point it's going to peter out again. Sure. I mean, it's right a cycle. Now, yeah, this year and a good thing for 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 the us you know Titans fans that um, the Texans have no idea how to manage a football team. So yeah. The next but there, there's a good chance we could see Carson Wentz in Indianapolis at some point. Okay, too. and I've called that for a long time now. Um, I, I thought before the year Carson Wentz was going to get moved, Indy made the most sense. But now there's some other teams, too, that have cap space or can move on from a quarterback and make a move. But I also think Carson Wentz – we're getting sidetracked here, but who cares? This is a football podcast. Um, I also think the, the cap hit on Carson Wentz is going to make some teams not want to draft him. For sure. Um, I do think – I think Indy is going to happen. I think it makes the most sense. Um, just a change of scenery for him because Carson Wentz is he's a great quarterback. He is just struggling uh, for whatever reason in that system. So um, and you put him back with Frank Reich. Yeah, so it, that'll be interesting. But at the same time, I say Carson I, I think that's the only way we'll see Carson Wentz successful. I, know, I agree. Is, is, uh, is yeah. with Frank Reich. Uh, I, I think coaching was very important to his skill set. For sure. Uh, and. And I think that's been proven by how his his fall. He, Carson um, Wentz was going to win the MVP until he got hurt. Yeah, I believe so at least. Yeah. Um. But back, yeah, back to what I was saying. I just it made no sense for Jacksonville to win that game Sunday. Um. It, it was just it was such a a weird game. The Titans dominated. Mike Glennon played quarterback. Gardner Minshew he got benched, so Gardner came in. And did okay. Didn't do a whole lot. James Robinson, another running a back. Lot, like a lot of the mention, it felt like a lot of those uh, late game Bortles trash stats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those, yeah. those yeah. garbage like, stats that Bortles get would get at the end of every Jags game. That's what it felt like. Mention got to me. Eighteen to thirty-one for one seventy-eight and a touchdown. Uh, Mike Glennon was thirteen to twenty-three for eighty-five yards. Uh, James Robinson was 12 for 67. So that's one thing I liked a lot was seeing the defense stop James Robinson. Yeah, for 100%. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, the, the defense, again, it's the, it's the Jags talking about, but regardless, like they improved. They, they, anytime, looked, anytime you hold uh, an NFL team to 10 to 10 points is a good day on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you there. Um, but let's talk about the Titans. Um, a fantastic day on the offensive side. Um, Ryan Tannehill, 19 of 24, 212 and two touchdowns. Derek was Derek, 26 carries for 215 yards and two tutties. Um, AJ Brown did AJ Brown things for seven catches, 112 and a touchdown. Jeff Swain caught him a touchdown. Corey, not the targets, he only three targets on three catches on three targets for 34 yards. 
And so we'll get into that in a second. Now, the Titans have a few accolades they can accomplish this year um, that would be incredible for this franchise because it hasn't been done um, in a very, very long time. Um, but defensively, um, dude, Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it, man. What's up with Kevin Byard? It's a, it's an interesting predicament, man. Uh, you know, it's I, as an MTSU grad, I've, I've watched a whole lot of Kevin Byard uh, oh. in the last decade, and uh, you know, it's uh, I, I keep hearing the the conversation of uh, it's, it's a coaching. You know, it's it, he doesn't have the coaching that he had. So, um, you know, with P's gone. Uh, and and um, you know the shakeup in the coaching situation in the secondary, uh, it, it's left a lot to be desired. I think across the secondary for the most part. But uh, you know, I'm not sure that that's the case because we saw Kevin Byard excel at MTSU, and we know that's never been a good coaching staff on the defensive side. Um, so to to really look at it that way, you know, I I don't know if it's uh, I mean, you know, players have down years. Um, it, it kind of happens. He's played with a, a, a motley crew at the cornerback position outside of, of Malcolm. Um, it's it's just been there's no no stability uh, uh, in that spot beside him, obviously. And um, now he's to a point where hopefully he's getting a, a, the young guy in Christian Fulton back this week. Uh, we know he was activated uh, off hour, but uh, to be determined if he actually plays this weekend. Um, but you know, we, we know Fulton's a quality corner. Um, maybe we'll get a Dory back at some point too. We know he's a quality corner. Um, but I think Kevin really needs that quality corner out there on, on that side. Uh, we've seen Malcolm move around a lot more this year, uh, which is, you know, a bit unusual for, for his time in Tennessee, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to defend how, how KB has played this year. Uh, it's it's clearly uh, a, a big issue. I I do think you know he seems to be the Twitter whipping boy right now, which I don't think is necessarily fair in some circumstances. Uh, there was a play uh, where it looked like he gave up uh, a, a pass uh, in the flat uh, because he left his man, but it was clearly his own coverage, so he was supposed to leave his man. Uh, he was just doing his assignment. Um, but everybody saw Kevin Byard pull off the guy and the guy catch the ball. So it looked like he, he gave that up, but, um, yeah, he's, it, it's a down year. Um, and, and it's, it's tough to watch as, uh, he, he's my favorite defensive player. Austin, I know he's one of your favorites as well. And, um, hope, hopefully things can correct themselves soon. It just, as his career was starting to kind of trend up, you know, pick after pick year after year. Um, to have this year with no picks, it would be nice for him to kind of get some confidence in the end of the year with maybe one or two. But the rate this is going, it's not. I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, it's just, I think almost though, he did almost snag one on Sunday. He did. He was uh, really close, and he made a really good play on that ball. Uh, it was it was going to the to the feet of the receiver, and he, he made a very nice cut dive in front of the receiver, and it, and just couldn't scoop it in. But uh, yeah, it, it would be nice to see him get a couple before the end of the year. I think having Kenny Vaccaro too in the backfield of that defense is a is a huge piece for the Titans this season because we saw when the Titans signed him a couple of years ago that how much he complimented Bayard and like we were talking about Bayard kind of having a down year this year I think having a guy like Vaccaro back there helps the defense just a little bit more even when Bayard is struggling. 
Yeah, it's just the defense as a whole this year has, has been very underwhelming. Um, a lot of guys that we thought would have massive years, like, our, you know, Sean Evans, Jeffrey Simmons is having a, a solid year. Um, John Brown, before he got hurt, was having a very solid year. And then guys like Malcolm Butler. I think Malcolm Butler, guys, is, is the highlight of, this, of the defense so far this season. And I know a lot of people were talk, talk, talking about a cap casualty next year, which he still could be. But at this rate, how do you cut that guy? Um, it's it's got to be a restructure, you would think. Has to be for sure. I don't think you can get rid of. Yeah, him. I, I yeah. don't know how you can get rid of of Malcolm at this point. He's so, a, um, very just you know, is it, is it the lack of defensive coordinator? Is it the lack of no coach Combs anymore from the on the in the secondary? Just I think it's a a, a mixture of things. I I feel I still feel like Combs is a, is a huge piece to it, honestly. And, and I I really wish I think he was just so you know, so tight with Ohio State. That is his school. That's his, that's his, that's his love. That's what he loves to right. do coach college football. You can't hand him for going back. But I, I wonder if there were talks about Combs coaching the defense and being the coordinator here and if he would not have stayed with Vrabel. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned too before, Austin, losing a piece like Logan Ryan, having that, that veteran atmosphere to bring all the young guys in is definitely a, a, a big lose in the piece as well. It, it just – I mean, God, we've talked about for 20 seasons, 20 years, that how we want the offense to be good. Well, now they're, they're top three in the, in the NFL, and all of a sudden you have a trash defense. Yeah. Minute, so it, it sucks. And so um, with three games to go, the Titans sit at 9-4, to four, like you said earlier, Brett. Um, and uh, with upcoming, upcoming games against the Lions, Sunday night football against the Packers, which will be really, really fun, I think. Yeah. I hope the Titans hope. Like on, hope. on television. And then the end of the season against the Texans. So um, a couple things I want to get at, you know, as we are 13 games in uh, to the season, who are your pro bowlers? Which Titans? And I don't think they're having even having a pro bowl this season. They're playing but, Madden this year. That's so stupid. <laughs> Send the guys a check and just call them pro bowl. Don't play Madden. <laughs> um. <laughs> What Pro Bowlers, and I guess we can just – Derek is one. Yeah. That's obvious one. He'll be an all-pro, so Derek's yeah. one. Um, I think Malcolm, because just because of votes, Malcolm will be two. I think those are two yep. solid – you got two Titans for sure. After that, like, yeah. who do you think legitimately is a Pro Bowler? I think, I think those, Jones should be. That's a good point. I think I think those two that you mentioned, Austin, might be the only two that actually make it in on the first ballot vote. Possible, Brett. Seriously. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Ben Jones uh, should be a shoe in, uh, and I also I, I would put Nate Davis right there. Fantastic year. Uh, I you asked me this five weeks ago when I would have said Jeffrey Simmons, but I think with was I think some of his injuries are probably hampering him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it seems to have slowed his explosiveness down some. Um, I mean, when you ask him to do everything on the defensive line, I mean, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think those two offensive linemen should, should 100% be in. I definitely think you can think you can make a case for Tannehill and, and AJ and even Corey, honestly, um, you can definitely make a case for them. But like, like we said, there's a very good chance that Derek and Malcolm are the only two that make it on the first ballot. But I, I agree with you there, Chris, that Jeffrey's probably kind of, kind of lost his, his charge and everything like that. And really, there's nobody else on defense other than Malcolm, and then so, the rest of all just all come from the offense side of the ball. Years past, like there, you had the alternates. That's like how Tannehill got in last year because it might have been Mahomes who who was in the Super Bowl. Bowl. That's why Tannehill went. Well, this year there is no actual Pro Bowl, so I don't see we'll see as much alternate. So I I really do think that 
the, the who's voted in will be, be your pro bowlers. There won't be any alternates. So to your point about Corey and AJ, like I really do think there's just receivers above them. Um, yeah. Devontae Adams, your Tyreek, your DKs, your um, – Maybe even Justin Jefferson this year, honestly. Like, I think guys like that, I really do think guys like that will get in over AJ and Corey just because of the That's name. Fair. Now, you might have a lot of people who do love AJ Brown and just think he's so much fun to watch who will vote him in. Um, so that's going to be a lot on the fans to, to get him to get him in. But um, AJ's having a hell of a season. Corey is too. So I, I really do think if I had to, if I had to just put my money down, I'd say just Derek and Malcolm get in. I, I, it's totally um, fair. Really, I, think, I think I'd put my money right there beside yours. Yeah, and I hate that because I, th- I do think Tannehill deserves to get in. Um, I just don't think he has the votes. I haven't seen the, the votes the last time it's happened. But you're, I, I agree with you also, your, your sentiment about Nate Davis and, and um, Jones. Um, those guys don't get enough credit as they should. So, Wishful um, thinking and wishful hoping for the other guys to get in. But if you're putting actual money on it, then it's definitely just Derek and Malcolm. So I want to kind of piggyback off what we're just talking about, AJ and Corey. Um, So this is the first time I believe I tweeted out um, somebody even, I was on Reddit. Did you guys see me on Reddit? I didn't, I didn't, I was on (laughs) Reddit. I had no idea about that. Or Titans Facebook too. I I literally just found, I thought about it during work one day and I tweeted it and was not expecting to blow up the way it did, promise. But AJ and Corey are, would be the first Titans receivers since 2004 Drew Bennett and Derek Mason to both have a thousand yards in a season. Um, AJ AJ is now closer than Corey. And a week ago, it was not the case, but because of AJ's game on Sunday, um, he is. So they're both less than 200 yards away, though, right? Yeah. And the way they've been piggybacking off of each other this year, you would expect one of them to go off again this week and then the other yeah. one, like, like, like we talked about earlier, too seeing what the Titans are going to do in the day, you could tell halfway through the first quarter that it was going to be an A.J. Brown over Corey Davis day. Yeah. For so sure. So, they're, they're literally 20th and 21st right now. Um, A.J.'s at 837. Corey's at 835. So, um, it's definitely – so, the Titans now play, like I said, the Lions, Packers, and, and Texans, which are three of the worst defenses in the NFL this season. Um, there's definitely a chance. But on top of them getting 1,000 yards – Derrick Henry is 500 yards, just over 500 yards away from 2,000. And Ryan Tannehill is about 800, less than 800 yards away from 4,000, which would um, be the Titans' all-time leading passer. And uh, Derrick would get 2,000 yards, which is something only few and um, few running backs have done in their careers. And then A.J. and Corey both to get 1,000, like I said, the first time since 2004. So and, this is, and the Titans would become the first franchise in NFL history to have two 2,000 yard backs. That's what I was about to say. Yep. Insane. That would be insane. So, it, let, okay, let's talk about this. Let's, let's break this down. Out of all of those three that we just said, AJ and Corey getting 1,000, Derek getting 2,000, and Tannehill getting 4,000, which one is more likely? AJ and Corey, I think. So, when we did this, this discussion a few weeks ago, we needed. Uh, I think the the math was Derek needed to average 158.2 yards or something like that. I don't know if you remember for sure. He's down to needing to only average 156 now. So he actually <laughs> made some ground up even with a 60-yard performance. Uh, so um, I, I, I'm actually starting to – and I was very, uh, very much on the bandwagon that, that Derek was going to get it. I'm actually swaying away from that. 
because uh, I, th I think they're probably going to start resting Derek a little bit down the stretch here. Um, so I don't think Derek gets it, um, but I do think both AJ and yep. Corey get a thousand. Um, yeah, and I think Tannehill probably gets pretty close to four thousand, but I don't I don't know that he gets over that hump. I, I agree, Chris, because I think it's going to be a lot easier for AJ and Corey to get it because they're like what one sixty and like one hundred sixty five, hundred sixty seven yards away respectively between the two to getting to a thousand yards for both of them. And I think there's too many chances like we saw this past week, how the Titans opened it up on, on the ground, but then found a way to go over the air later in the game. There's way too many opportunities for all three of them to get the ball multiple times in games for all of them to get there. And if you do have a game where you focus through the air and you really hit AJ and Corey, then obviously Derek's not going to hit 2000. So, or if you focus on Derek over these last three games, not the other guys, and obviously Tannehill and the receivers aren't going to get it. But I think the one that makes the most sense would definitely be AJ and Corey because they're the closest. Something else to also think about. Um, I, I would actually agree with you, Chris, on this about resting Derek. That's why he won't get 2000. Um, the Titans have um, an easy game, I'd say, against the Lions. They're going to have a tough game against the Packers, another easy game against the um, Texans. Texans, I'm sorry. Well, they're also tied in the division, guys, with the Indianapolis Colts, who have an easy game this week against the Texans, have a tough game in uh, two weeks against the Steelers, and then another easy game against the Jags to end the year. So, to counter that point, Chris, if the Titans are still in the hunt, if the Titans – have to win out to win the division if the Colts don't slip up at some point this week or the week after. Um, Derek could play all three games. And A.J. and Corey could too. So it, it, the Titans are not out of the thick of it yet either with the division. Like I know we are kind of – we're all kind of having our eyes set on a home playoff game yet. People are securing their tickets. Like hold off a minute. Wait, wait a second. Like this thing's not over. The Titans are the Titans. They, they, they choke when they don't have to, don't need to. So um, – I don't see them – I don't see a letdown this week. I think they beat the Lions, um, and they finally get over the hump of, you know, we get 10 wins in the season for the first time since since 08, so that would be nice. Um, Especially after losing two me, straight games at Nissan as well. Yeah, that too. But, I mean, but, like, that, that Packers game scares the shit out of me. Um, because it like is the, the Pittsburgh game on Thursday night a few years ago? Because – yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the LaFleur revenge game? Is that what we're Dude, that, that, But the fact that the, the Packers are going to be playing for something as well. Yeah. Um, the number one, for that number one seed. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot on the line. But I, I do – what I like about this is that it's not like the, the, the Colts have three straight uh, layups. Like, they have to play the Steelers, who are also playing for the number one seed too. So um, let me I, ask you about this, this stat. Um, do you guys think that – uh, Ryan Tannehill breaks George Blanda's franchise record of 36 passing touchdowns. He's at 28. 28, yeah. Hey, it's possible, Chris. Oh, man. It's possible. That'd be really cool. I think, I mean, I kind of think that'd be a bigger deal than 4,000 oh, yards. That'd be really cool eight. for Tannehill. Dude, give me Sunday. I would love a game Sunday. Give me like Derek 170 yards rushing, no touchdowns, and three. <laughs> Tannehill touchdowns. What about four? Let's go with four. four yeah, hey, four works too. Four Tannehill touchdowns. Jeff Okuda's not he's, – he's not playing for the uh, Lions, which has been actually been bad all season long, if you guys have actually paid attention to Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Very, yeah. very – I haven't heard a word from him. No. So, um, I, again, 
if we're going to talk about the, the Lions now, there could be no Matthew Stafford this week um, battling that, that rib injury. Um, there's really no no reason to play, Matt. So just go ahead and just take the week off and just sit at home, brother. He's got that Stephen Air <laughs> toughness, though. Go ahead, and, yeah, dude. He does. I love Matt Stafford. That's a great. It's a great one, Chris. He's, he's got that that, that Stephen Air toughness. That um, country strong, as, yes. as they call it. He's never complained. You never hear much about Matthew Stafford. He just plays for the shittiest organization and just goes about <laughs> yards up and loses. So you got to respect mm-hmm. a guy like that. <laughs> does it week after week? So. Um, it's going to be interesting these next three weeks, man. As much as we guys, I, you know, I know, I know we all want to win the division, but we'll have to. I think, but stretch. I think the I think the Titans understand that you have to focus on what's right there in front of you. Yeah. Previous teams, previous teams, you're looking away in advance. This team will not do that and at this, all. And this isn't this is you know we're not in the position of do we need the Colts to lose or no? We're not in second place. We're in first. Right. Control what you can control. Win yeah. out. Just win out. And if, and, if, and if Cleveland was able to win last night, if the Titans won this Sunday, they would have automatically been in the playoffs no matter what. Then yeah. you then you could focus on the division after that. But obviously, like you were saying, though, too, or like we were all saying, the Titans understand that, especially Vrabel and this team, the way that it goes, that you handle what you need to handle first and then move on what's after that after that. I agree. Um yeah, man, I, that that home playoff game would be would be sweet. It would be something for the first time in a very long time. Oh my gosh, twelve years. Um, I I don't know if I've told y'all this story before. So I didn't go to that 08 game. Um, against the Ravens. My sister got the tickets that day because I had tickets to the AFC title game. That was the bet. <laughs> well, I never got to see the AFC title game, so no. I, I it still haunts me. I remember crying in my living room by myself. I was bawling my eyes, eyes out. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. When we uh we didn't win that game, so um, I'm hoping for a, a some a revenge. But that you know I would love to see the Browns <clears throat> Browns again, the five seed if that's the case. Um, I would kind of like to see Miami too. Well, from, a, from a from a matchup perspective, I would like to see Miami. I agree. Uh, Miami is Miami's good. I don't think they're great. Miami is just, quiet. Miami is quiet. I don't. I mean, they're, they're beatable. But yeah. I, I think they're playing some really good football. They definitely are. They're playing some great defense. They're well coached. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Really I mean, well- you you they threw Patrick Mahomes for for a whirlwind in that game. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, but see, yeah. I think that's where if they did that to Tannehill, that's where the Titans can just go back on onto Derrick Henry and go there. Uh-huh. That's the that's the big piece about having that because Edward Lair is good. Obviously, he's not Derrick Henry. But like Patrick Mahomes struggled in the first half, but still managed to find a way to throw for 172 in the first half alone. And people were talking about how bad it was. I don't know if Tannehill would be able to get to that far if he struggled to 172 in the first half. But that's where you just throw it right back to Derek, and then you run from there. I also think, man, you guys tell me your opinion. I, I mean, I think the AFC is more of a question mark for the Super Bowl than the NFC is. I think you could probably figure out the Saints or Packers if you want to throw in the Seahawks. You can, but it's one of those two or three teams. Um. The AFC, I think the Steelers are frauds. I don't think mm-hmm. they're as, as, as uh, the record shows. They squeak by a lot of close games. Um, their offense is all that. They're, they can't run the ball. Big Ben That's is the big key. Um, he's one of the, the worst in, in yards per um, completion, I believe. And, so, James, Con- ball and James Connor has a quad injury. They today, lead so. that too, Chris. They lead the league in drops, like you said, Brett. They're just they're not that good. And Steelers fans will tell you otherwise, that the defense will carry you there. Well, sure, but your offense has to score points too. 
Mm-hmm. And they, they, they literally just squeak by games. So I don't think the Steelers are all that. The Chiefs are vulnerable as well. They, they haven't covered this, the spread in like the last six games. Um, they've won a lot of close games too. And so um, people will talk about the Bills being the best team right now with the Titans to beat the Bills. Um, and Titans, then a lot of people look at the Titans' defense. They'll th- exactly. They'll talk about, man, the Titans could do it, but the defense. Like, it's just the, those, I think those four teams, they'll talk about the Colts too. Um, can the Ravens make a run? Can the Browns Please make a run? It's just like, who is coming out the AFC right now? Yeah. So, um, the AFC playoffs will be very, very fun, in my opinion. I'm very excited for that. So, Especially with an extra team making it this year with the new rules. For sure. For sure. Well, boys, so the Titans got the Lions on Sunday. Again, like I said, um, maybe Matthew Stafford, maybe no Matthew Stafford. That is still to be determined. Um, not the best season you know, for the Lions this year, obviously, um, they are a five and eight ball club. Uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, 22 touchdowns and nine interceptions on the season. But uh, they do, you know, have some some decent skill players. Um, Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, um, TJ Hawkinson. Like this team can beat you. Um, so I think this this is going to have to come up on the defense on Sunday, guys, in my personal yeah. opinion. Defense doesn't have another big game. Uh, another tune-up game for the playoffs. Um, so, what's your opinion on this? I think this is a game that where you have to watch it, like you said, Austin, uh, over – I guess over the middle because that's where Marvin Jones is going to go a lot, uh, I think, in the game, especially TJ Hawkinson because he is such a – he's become a tight end threat, I think, in the league at least. I think he's, he's, he's a rising tight end. Obviously, he's not elite or anything like that, but he's a great tight end, I think. And so, I don't – the Titans are going to have to do – they're not going to have to do too much because it's not an explosive Detroit team. But you have seen games where Marvin Jones has gone for 120-plus and, and two scores. So it's a team that you're going to have to watch, but it's not necessarily a team that you're scared of. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the game against the Jags was a get-right game for the defense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the big step – the next big step is uh, to keep right. Uh, and, and they need to – play very well against this uh, Detroit offense, especially if, if Stafford's out. Uh, there's no reason a, a Detroit Lions offense without Matthew Stafford should run all over us or anything. So The backup, Chase Daniel. Yeah. The, the, what a the, career. The best financial decision maker in NFL history, I think. Um, that dude's held more clipboards than footballs and is oh, a multimillionaire. Know. So yeah. money, um, but you know when it when, like I said when it comes down to it, the defense just they need to continue to play well, uh, and and validate that you know it wasn't just against because we were playing the Jags. It was uh, it was because because it's a good defense, uh, and and they found their footing. So, all right, with that, let's go to bold predictions uh, for Sunday against the Lions. Brett, you're up. The Titans have a NFL low 14 sacks this season, which and we've seen nobody get to the quarterback lately. But I'm going to say this week the Titans push three and a half plus sacks this Sunday. I'll if since we're making a bold, I'll go ahead and say I'll make it a four four. We'll say a, a four plus sack game from the Titans defense. We'll throw Jeffrey Simmons in there. We'll throw Rashawn Evans in there, and then whoever else. Maybe Malcolm will come in on a corner blitz. But the defense will have at least four plus sacks and have, somebody's going to have another pick. So I'm going to say four-plus sacks and an INT this week. That is bold, my brother. Yeah, I had to go there. 
I like it. Uh, I think both AJ and Corey go over 100 this week uh, and get one step closer to having two 1,000-yard receivers for the first oh, time since – what was that, 04? 04. 04, yeah. It, uh, it would be so 16, 16 year streak. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think both of them go over 100 this week. All right. I'm going to say it then. Another 200-yard game for Derek. <laughs> That's Dude, bro, we were all stepping out of the box this week. Another 200-yard game from Derek. Because um, it seemed like in the first first half of last week, um, it, it didn't seem like he had over 100, but it was he just, he just kind of casually, you know, Derek does, casually Derek. gets you know, six yards, eight yards, five yards, six yards. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go another 200-yard game for Derek to get him another step closer to 2,000. Does he get it? You know, Derek, one, one more one more thing I wanted to bring up. How cool was it to see that LeBron James in Sicily? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, LeBron James watching watching the Titans was pretty freaking cool. And I know he tweeted yeah. about Derek a few weeks ago too. So like he's he's invested, I think, at this point. LeBron's just a big sports fan. He loves he is. All- he is. Um, yeah, I agree, Chris. That was very, very cool to see. Um but all right, so we got Brett going four sacks, one pick. I heard the pick part too. Four sacks, yeah. one pick. Definitely defense. Chris, AJ, and Corey both get a hundred yards receiving. Anybody get yep. a touchdown there? Who gets a touchdown? Uh, at least one of them grabs the snacks one. All right, cool. I like that too. And then I'm going Derek uh, over two hundred. He probably gets a touchdown with that as well. Um, so um, those are bold guys. And those are all bold. None of them will hit. It's because we. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty about us in our podcast, but we'll we'll remember them this time, though. Absolutely, probably not again. Do <laughs> so um, again, guys. Thank you all for listening. Um, again, you can get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Um, we post these every Thursday, um, but so make sure you subscribe and uh, rate the podcast. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that. Um, as always, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.